You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. So uh, we're going to go to 1 Samuel, where we're going to start out at today. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, it says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And so what that... That tells me is that this was written at a time when there probably uh, were a lot of visions. There were a lot of, uh, of words from God and a lot of miraculous things happening, right? Because there were some expectations that are being set here. They're making sure the stage is set correctly for, for what's about to happen in this story. And it even sets our expectations, right? Because it tells us when we start reading that, God's about to speak, right? That's what you hear there is, is the word wasn't in these days. So you're, you're about, probably about to see something that, that uh, stands out there. But the person writing this wanted to make sure that everyone's expectations were in the right space because we can read into stories and situations our own narrative, right? We can, we can write, write in our own stuff. And so he's, he's challenging us a little bit there from the very beginning. Um, but it goes on. And so I encourage you not to do that. Don't, don't expect the same old, same old. Don't expect... That just because it, that's the way it's always been, that's the way it's always going to be, right? Expect something better. Um, so verse 2 goes on. It says, one night Eli, Eli was the priest there in Shiloh, uh, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel was a young boy who, had, his, if you don't know, his, his uh, mother had prayed to, be, to have a child, and she promised that if God would send her a, a child, then she would dedicate that child back to God, that she would give him. And so as soon as he was old enough, she, she gave him back into the service of God, and he, he served there at the temple his whole life. Um, and so this, is, this boy that is working under Eli, the priest, and it says, there he was laying in the, where the ark of God was. And then the Lord God, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he jumped up, thought it was Eli. He runs to Eli and says, here I am. You called me? Why? Because he, he was used to Eli calling. He was used to, to serving Eli and doing what Eli told him to do. But Eli said, I, didn't, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And he said, My son, I did not call. Go back and lay down. And so there's something going on here. There's some expectations about, that Eli has about what's happening, and there's, there's something that's true, truly miraculous that he's about to miss out on if, if, if he doesn't stop and reassess what's happening. And we're going to read the rest of that in a little while, but, but think about that for a second. Think about what could have been missed here. God is speaking, and in the middle of, of Eli's, Eli's regular, you know, his, his rest, his slumber, he's, it's interrupted. His schedule is interrupted by this, this little boy that's, I mean, I, I know all about this. It's when you're, you're asleep, and all of a sudden there's somebody, there's, there's an extra person in the bed with you. There's, you know, that kind of thing. There's someone screaming across the house about something. You know, you have that. And what did you, my main thing is like, I, I need to get back to sleep as soon as possible, right? I need to get back to my thing. And that's where Eli was. His expectations were, like, just go back to bed. I heard a preacher say uh, not too long ago, like, if this were happening today, then, uh, then Eli probably would have said, hey, here's my iPad. Go, go mess with this. Right? Just, but 
happen. If that kind of, when that kind of thing happens, we can miss what God is doing. If our expectations are, this is just, I just need to, to handle what, what's going on with me, right? Um, and this is not anything miraculous. Eli should have known, right? He was the priest. He was, he was somebody that heard from God. He was somebody that should have known this, that should have sensed this, but he missed it. Maybe thinking, oh, this is, this, like we read a minute ago, this was something that, that this was a time when the word of God was not regular, that when, when there weren't many visions, there weren't many things going on like this. And so he thought maybe that was just something that happened a long time ago. That was something that just happened for other people elsewhere, but not for here and now. Is that something that we do too? Is that we say, oh, that's just something that happened a long time ago. That's not anything that God's doing right now. We're not really missing anything. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, he a uh, preacher from the 19th century. I mean, he, he, he said this. this is some, the words are a little bit different than I would have said them, but I think it's pretty good the way it is. He says, it is, it is certainly a very delightful thing to mark the hand of God in the lives of ancient saints. But beloved, would it not be even more interesting and profitable for us to remark the hand of God in our own lives? I think we do our Lord an injustice when we suppose that he wrought all his mighty acts in days of yore and showed himself strong for those in the early time, but does not perform wonders for the saints that are now upon the earth. What are your expectations? What are your expectations? I want to I challenge us today, and maybe you need to reset your expectations today. Maybe you need to reset them a little bit. Um, and I'd encourage you, if there's something you think of, some way that you've been thinking, some goal or mindset that you've had that needs to change, jot it down. Take out your phone. Make a note for yourself. To, to, I want us to reset some expectations today, okay? I want you to do that and uh, be thinking today. Um, but as we do that, I think there's some things we need to think about, some things we need to have in mind. And these are some truths. I originally had a whole list of things for us to go through, but (laughs) four is good. So here's four things I think we need to keep in mind. Number one is that uh, God's already overcome the world. He told the disciples that uh, in the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. He's already got the victory. No matter what we're going through, what we're going to face tomorrow, he's already already got the victory over it. He's already won. It's already done deal. It's over. And second, he's overcome. So will we. He promised us, and, and John tells us in, in 1 John, that everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. We're going to share in that victory too, you and I. If you're a Christian and you're following Jesus, we share in that victory. That's the way we should live our lives. That's the expectation we should have is, is that we live victoriously. Um, and then uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul tells us that he is able to do, do more than, than we can imagine, more than, more than all we can ask or even think. Whatever we think, well, God, please don't do that. He can't do that. He, he probably isn't going to do what you're thinking about. He's going to do something even better. He can do something even better than that. doesn't matter how bad it looks, how bad it's been. The story's not over yet. He's not done. And there's something awesome that he's working on. And then the fourth thing that I think we need to remember is that the, the Spirit of God, the, the power of God, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is at work in our lives, and you, yours and my life. That it's, it's there. He is there with us. Uh, I want to read this scripture to you, the whole thing. Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. The Spirit of God dwells in you. He's talking to all Christians here. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ 
does not belong to him, right? That's what he's saying. If you're a Christian, you have this, the Spirit of God in you. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead, he's talking about now, not, not future when you're dead, but you're dead because of sin. Um, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Although the body is dead, the Spirit is life. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's the life we should be leading, not the life that we had lived before, but a new life, right? And so those are the things I think we need to be thinking about when we, we're setting our expectations today, um, that, that, uh, that God has already overcome, that he makes us overcomers, that he can do more than we can imagine, and that he, he's empowered us, he's, he's filled us, and he's with us, We're in doing ama- should be doing amazing things in our life. Um, you may have asked earlier if anybody had like a play, uh, a, a occupation maybe you thought of wanting to have when you were a kid. Has anybody got a, a dream destination that you would like to go? Bucket list kind of thing, place. Shout it out. I just heard Greece. I'm sorry, Lexi. It was like Lexi and then everybody else. So I've seen Greece, but I've never been there. John Travolta was great in it. Um, dad joke. I'm sorry, guys. Just came out. That's what happens when you have three or four children. Um, my bucket list place. Now, now listen, there's several places I want to go, but they all have a Disney park there because that's like a requirement uh, with my wife, I think, that we one day hit all the Disney parks. But one place that doesn't have a Disney park yet is Scotland. I would love to go to Scotland. That's the place I would love to go. And I, I have some pictures today to share with you. No, I didn't take these because I've never been there. But these, I mean, this is a beautiful place. It's on people's, a lot of people's lists of like most beautiful countries in the world. Um, this up here is the, the fairy pools on the Isle of Skye. That's one of them. There's, there's dozens of these jokers. And then this is uh, uh, Bowfiddle Rock, which is a rock formation on the northern coast of Scotland. I want to see that and all of that. And then down here, this is the William Wallace Monument, Braveheart. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? If you don't, go watch Braveheart, educate yourself. Um, Got to see that. And then this is uh, the Valley of Glencoe. This is just one of the pictures I found of this valley. It's, they're, they're all beautiful. I'm gonna, I have a picture of, of Loch Ness or, or Milt Falls or uh, that bridge the train goes across in Harry Potter, you know what I'm talking about? That's in Scotland. I want to see that. I'm going to ride that train across there, go to Hogwarts or something. I don't know. Um, and then there's also uh, the castle in Edinburgh, maybe. There it is. I want to see that. I would love to see that. That's one of those things. Now, one day, hopefully, if they build a Disney park there, I'll get to go. <laughs> I get to see this real castle instead of the one, you know, the plexiglass one. Um, but this year, earlier this year, uh, Justin and Caroline got to go to England for a few days. And they went to England and they went to, is this correct, England and Ireland? Y'all went to Ireland. But y'all went to England, Right. Y'all didn't? Y'all just went to, don't, don't argue with me. They went to Ireland. Okay, whatever. I thought they went to England for a day. Um, they went to Ireland, but they had a holdover. They, I asked them, are y'all, go, are y'all going to Scotland? And they're like, no, we're going to Ireland. I'm like, but Scotland, right? That's just where I was, you know? And so, um, but for a day, they, they got to go over to Scotland. And, and while they were there, uh, Justin picked up something for me. He picked up this little, this little, <laughs> Can you see it? He picked this up for me. 
And it, I thought this was awesome. I'm not laughing. This was cool. Because it's, 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 he knew. He knows this is what I wanted to see. He knew I wanted to go there. And this is supposed to be what? It's supposed to, I mean, you can't even see it up there. Can you see it? Can you see it? You can't see it. I put it on the screen. Can you see it? But the whole point is, what is, this is supposed to be a taste, right? This is supposed to be a taste. To say, I got to go, right? Right? That's what this is supposed to be. I hold it up and everybody laughs because why? Because it's small and dinky. But it, but I, I thought that's awesome. You know, know that, that it should be inspiration to me to go and, and do that, to go and see it. Now, now, what if, what if I just said, you know what? I've wanted to see Edinburgh Castle all, all my life. There it is. There it is. I'm, I'm good to go. Yes, you know, millions of people have seen the real thing. I don't need, I got this now. You know, what if I did that? What if I did that? How crazy would that be? But is that not? Is that not what we do sometimes? Let me ask that question again. Have we settled for the trinket when we could have the real thing? Have we settled for just a taste of something that someone gave us? A little piece of something that was handed down to us? Have we settled for the, the souvenir, the t-shirt, and that's it, but missed out? On the real thing. We settled for the trinket when we could have the kingdom. When we could have the real thing. We believe that maybe that's for other people. Other people can, can achieve that. But I'm just going to lay low. What, what's your expectations? What's your expectations today? What expectations, expectations do you have for your life? Do you, do you expect to truly be transformed? Do you believe that, that this life that, 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 uh, that Christ has called us to, that is real, that, that he's going he's gonna to regenerate and, and renew us, that we're not just gonna, he's not just going to leave us where we were, but he's going to help us become better, be more like him, right? Do we believe that? Do you believe that you're on, a, that you're on, on course that, that, to be more like Jesus, or are you just going to fall back into the same rut? What's your expectation? What's your expectation? Um. Do you expect for your future to be a positive one? Do you expect for a hopeful, hopeful future? Because you know what? If, if you don't, expectations are powerful things. If you don't believe that God has a plan for your life, it's going to be very easy to sit around and mope. And, just, just, and even if the bright future is all around you, still just be looking at that half, that half full glass, right? And just say, oh, man, I'm, you know, it's, it's just not what I thought it would be. But what are your expectations? What are your expectations for your future? What's your expectation on the impact you plan to have? What's, what, what do you expect? Do you expect to maybe do something one day that impacts somebody? Or do you expect every day when you wake up that there's somebody you're going to impact? Could be a family member, could be a coworker. There's somebody that's, that, that can be impacted by you every day. There's somebody that needs you to, to be the, the bright spot, the joy that, that, that they're looking for. That They need you to be that. They need you to, to be that. They need you to serve them. They need you to, to be Christ to them because they're not going to see it anywhere else. They need you to, to, to be there for them. And so what do you expect? Again, expectations are powerful things, and I doubt that you're going to be able to serve anybody, to help anybody if you're not expecting to. You're not looking for that because we'll get busy, won't we? We get busy doing our own thing and not see other people and miss out on it. Do you expect for God to take care of you? 
You know, maybe that's why we, we look to ourselves and we take care of ourselves instead of looking for other people. Is because we're looking at, is God going to, who's going to take care of me if, if, I, if I don't take care of me? Uh, 2 Thessalonians tells us that he protects us, that he protects us against any attack of the evil one. Second uh, Timothy uh, 1.7 tells us that, uh, that we, are not, we do not have a spirit of fear. We don't have to be afraid. And that uh, uh, Philippians 4.19 tells us that, uh, that our needs, that he will meet our needs. What, according to his riches and glory, that he is going to, to, so what are we worried about? What are we worried about? He's going to take care of us. We should expect for him to take care of us. Not that he's going to give us mansions and swimming pools and, you know, those kind of things, but he's going to take care of us. He's going to give us what we need, right? He's going to take care of us. Uh, and fifth, and maybe mo the most important today, the thing that we're maybe focusing on today, is do you expect to encounter God? Do you expect to encounter him in a real way? Because the expectations are, are important, are powerful things, right? Just like Eli and Samuel, right? Eli wasn't expecting anything that night, and so he almost missed God moving. But you know what? I think sometimes we miss it because, because we're, we, we only go to him when things get bad, right? That's what happens. We only go to him when things get bad. And, you know, I have... I've always worried that, you know, I always worry, I, I don't know, lay in bed at night and worry about weird things that could possibly happen. And so sometimes I just nudge Lauren and say, we've got fire extinguishers everywhere, right? We've, we've got those, right? She's like, yeah, we do. Go back to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. And then I got thinking, like, if, if the fire breaks out and there's a, I need a fire extinguisher, I don't, I don't even know how to use one. I've never used one before. I'm sure, like, Brent or Jimmy or somebody's going to tell me, oh, you can figure it out. No, you don't, I don't think you understand who I am. I'd be sitting there like, Okay, I'd be like having to read every word, the whole house would burn down, whatever it was. I probably need to get that fire extinguisher out and read the instructions, don't I? Might test it out a little bit, make sure it's still working, right? And so sometimes, maybe we only go to God when we need him. And so what does that do? Um, uh, Dallas Willard said this, he said, do we seek to hear God only under uncomfortable circumstances, only when things are going bad? Our answer may reveal that our failure to hear his voice when we want to is due to the fact that we do not, in general, want to hear it. That we want it only when we think we need it. Man, how are we going to know? How are we going to know what God sounds like? How are we going to know how to hear from God if we're not hearing from him regularly? If we're not sitting and listening for him to speak. If we're not going to the scripture and reading. And, and, and saying, God, speak to me. God, I need, I need you to speak to me today. Nothing important, nothing crazy today. Just, I just want you to speak to me today. Tell me what, tell me something. When we're walking through our day and saying, God, where are you speaking to me? When we're talking with our friends and we're saying, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what, here's what I feel like God's saying to me. And they're, they're challenging us. back and forth. We're not doing those kind of things. What are we, what, what, what do we do? How are we going to when, when things get bad? That's what happens is then things go bad. And we're like, hey, I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody to help me, help me find God right now. Why, why don't we go ahead and figure it out? Why don't we get it out and read the instructions? Make sure we know how to use the thing properly. And listen to God speak. Because you know what? You might need to hear something today that you don't know you need to hear. Um, Jesus in, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself trying to get y'all out of here earlier. Uh, so are you paying attention? Um, and that's the thing is maybe, you know, we don't have time to slow down and actually listen to what it is that, that he's saying to us. Um, 
you know, when would God have time to speak? You know, uh, in between everything that's going on in our lives. We're so distracted. I don't know about you, but about everybody I see is, seems very distracted, especially that guy I see in the mirror every day. He's very distracted by everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, we're constantly, we've constantly got something going. We're scrolling and we're, we're watching and we're reading and we're listening and we're, we're Googling and we're, you know, buying and we're playing games and we're, we're hustling and we're, we're doing our thing over and over and over. When would God have time to speak to us in the middle of everything else that's going on in our lives in the way we've already got our lives packed full to the brim? Jesus, now, now where I jump to. Um, Jesus fed the 5,000. You know the story? He feeds the 5,000. Uh, there's he has two fish and five loaves, and he, he feeds 5,000 people. It's just men uh, plus the women and the children. Uh, feeds all these people with, uh, with, with just two fish and five loaves. And it's an amazing miracle, right? It's, a, it's an awesome miracle. Imagine you showed up at Thanksgiving this past week, and that was what they had for the spread, you know, two fish, five loaves. That wouldn't work, right? But Jesus made it work. Jesus made it work. And what happened was, is there, it, after he was done, we talked about that miracle, but afterwards there were some people that were following him around, and they were following him. Why? Because, not because, it, it wasn't because of what he said, but because of what he did. And it wasn't that he did a miracle, it was because they were hungry, right? They were like, that's pretty good. I think I'll follow Jesus around a little bit longer and get a little another meal. You know, they were looking out for themselves and say, hey, what's in this Jesus thing for me? Right? That's what they were saying. They were saying, hey, wh wh what can I get out of this? And they weren't looking at it and saying, Jesus, I really want to follow you. And Jesus tells them uh, later on in verse 26, he says, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. What are you hungry for? What is it that you are hungry for? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for the things of this world, for the, those, the things that they call success, the things that they call, call good, the things that they say will fulfill you? Are you hungry for, for more of God? Um, John Piper said this. I'm reading a lot of quotes today, guys. I cut one out, honestly. Um, if we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things, and there is no room for the great. Jesus goes on and he tells them, uh, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. You know, your satisfaction is only as short-lived as its source, right? If you, if you base what makes you happy on things that are temporary, that means your fulfillment is only temporary. And so you're going to be constantly looking to fill that hole, to fill that void, to, to, to find something that, that makes you makes you happy again. And so I see people running and chasing all kinds of things. And it's, 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 I'm not talking about sinners. I'm not talking about whatever you want to say, people who aren't part of the church. I'm talking about Christians, Christians who are, who are, who are chasing after things they, 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 that they shouldn't be chasing after. 
that we're, we're focusing on, maybe even good things that have become idols to us, that have, that have corrupted us and, and made us think about those things before we think about the things of God. And so it's, it's a danger to all of us, so we all need to be, be noticing, are we, are we here for ourselves? Are we here for Jesus? Are we here because of what I get out of it? Or am I here because of what Jesus is doing in my life? I want to find satisfaction in him and him alone. And it's a daily struggle. It's a daily thing, right? And so that's why we're, we're called to fast and those kind of things. It's to remind ourselves, you know what fasting is? Fasting is when you, when you, you maybe cut out a, a meal or I think of a, a day of eating or a, a week or so, however long God calls you to do that. And why do you do that? It's to remind yourself spiritually that you don't depend on on food you depend on him that's what it, it, it reminds us and it, it it helps us see more how we're dependent more on god than we are on the things we we need in this life and so maybe i think some people some somebody here needs to fast soon and maybe not food maybe it's something else maybe there's something in your life one of the, these things that that you've been chasing after one of these things that that it has uh, just one of these things we talked about, scrolling and, and all that, whatever. I don't know what, I, I hate to like pigeonhole it because everybody's like, well, he's not talking to me. But is there something in your life that you can lay down for a minute and just see if your relationship with God gets better? Is there something that you need to do that with? Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a, a, a hustle. Maybe it's a, maybe, I, again, I hate to like pigeonhole it, but maybe it's just something that you, that, that's there that, that you need to lay down for just, just a minute. Just see if you, what happens to your relationship with God without it. And I, I just pray that God speaks to you there, that, that you don't listen to me, please. Do what, do what God tells you to do there. Um, so have we found satisfaction elsewhere? Have you found satisfaction apart from God? And I think that's the test there. That's what I really want you to see. It's are you finding satisfaction with something lesser than God, or are you finding satisfaction with him? The, en- the end of kind of this story of Jesus and uh, the disciples, here, or the people that are following him, chasing him, just looking for food. They hear him say that about, like, you know, you, those that feed on me will never hunger again. They're like, is this cannibalism? What's going on, Jesus? They kind of weirded out. There's some other stuff he says, and kind of, kind of weirds them out, and so they, they, they leave. And it says in verse 66, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They couldn't take it. They said, that's not for me. And he, so Jesus turned to the, the, the 12, and he says, do you want to leave too? Uh, you don't want to leave too, do you? And uh, Simon Peter answers, says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. They'd found true satisfaction in him. I mean, that did not mean they were perfect. That did not mean that they were, they had it all figured out, but they had found the source and they knew where, they knew they had to follow Jesus from, from then on. They had to. Um, and so they expected great things. They expected great things because that's what Jesus offered them. And so that's what we should do, too, is we should expect greater things because that's what Jesus offers us. That's what he offers me and you. So reset your expectations today. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911.
We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.